community a, a little easier to live right, a little harder. Want to take us down in northern Africa, where he said there would be thousands, doubles of thousands more in the. That would be what there was in South Africa. That they called. They had so much trouble in South Africa, and then, but in North Africa, and just looked like all over the world, everywhere, there's a call constantly coming. I want to read some scriptures found over in the twelfth chapter of Numbers. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses, saying to of the Ethiopian woman which he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses is very meek, above all the man which was upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and to Aaron, and unto Miriam. Come out, ye three, to the tabernacle of the congregation. And they came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they came, both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision will speak to him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth. I speak, beg your pardon. With him I will speak mouth to mouth. Now we want to turn our attentions just a moment to the attitude of Miriam and Aaron, they thought that Moses had done wrong. They wanted to correct him. God was speaking to them, truly. But he said, if there be one among you who is a prophet, I'll visit him in miracles or visions and appear to him in dreams and so forth. But Moses, I have spoke mouth to mouth with him. And Miriam was stricken with leprosy immediately. And Aaron run in because Miriam was Moses' own sister. So it doesn't talk about God's children. And so God spoke to Aaron here and told him, said, seeing that what he had done by Moses, said, didn't you fear to say those things about him? And so Aaron run to Moses and said his sister was stricken in there, white with leprosy, of course, and said, would you let her die? And so Moses uh, threw himself before God and pleaded for her, and Maren was stricken with leprosy, though. She had to stay in Israel, hold her journey seven days, according to the law, till they could bring her out of the camp again. God never changes. His power, just the same as it was in the before the creation of time. God made and spoke, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's in the beginning, the Word. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
the Word returned back into the Spirit again and living among man tonight. Just the same God living on through the ages. And His Word tonight is just as effective in the heart of a believer as it was when it was spoken in the beginning. It never varies from its course. It'll move on. It's a constant relay, a chain. It'll always, and through all ages, God has always had someone that he could trust and work through. God's always had an outlet on the earth. Always. Sometimes it's got down to a very few. But he's never been without a witness, someone that he could witness to. And I'm so glad tonight, in my heart, that in this little group here in this city, there's somebody God can witness to. I, I'm glad of that. That you like to hear the gospel. Love our Lord Jesus enough to come out, listen, reverent, and very nice. I'm trusting that God will not have any sick people among us when the service ends. Many has been healed. I've got testimonies. And I'm sure that something's going on right now. The reason it's stumping me the way I'm standing here now, waiting word. I don't know what to say, but I know either God's power has to linger near or death one shortly. So I'm, I don't know what he will say. But now, in the day we can't expect the gospel of Christ to be popular. Now, the, the gospel, is, this is not the gospel. This is a part of the gospel. The Paul said the word the gospel come not in word only, but through power and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? The gospel is not the word only. The word just a dead letter. It's got to take the, the letter quickened and made alive and brought to pass what the letter says it'll do. That's the gospel. Jesus said, going into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. Now listen, see whether that's right or not. Preach the gospel to every nation. That's the United States and to all the world. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly things, or lay their hands on the sick, shall not harm them. Now, in order, he didn't say go teach the word. He said go preach the gospel. He never did commission, go teach the word. Go preach the gospel. And the, the word is the beginning or the forerunner of the gospel. The word goes out and the gospel of the power of the demonstration of God follows the word, makes the word manifest. That is the gospel. And in order, if man could preach the gospel, the last word, maybe there would be someone who wouldn't believe in divine healing. I wonder what you'd think of this. The first commission that Jesus gave the church was to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils, freely as you receive, freely give. The first commission was ever given to the apostles, to the church. Not only the apostles. You said that was just the apostles. I beg your pardon, there's 70 of them. Not just apostles. Someone said the other day, that power only come to apostles. It was given to whosoever will, he that believeth. Not to the apostles. There were 70 sent that wasn't apostles. 
Philip was not an apostle. And he went out to Samaria and cast out devils and healed the lunatics and had joy and shouting and screaming and going on to the city down there. And he wasn't an apostle. He was a deacon. He wasn't even a preacher. And he had signs following his ministry. To demonstrate the power of God is preaching the gospel. Now, go into all the world and demonstrate the power of the gospel. The first words that he spoke to his disciples, the first commission, was to heal the sick and cast out devils. The last words that fell from Jesus Christ's lips, according to this Bible, was to heal the sick. Mark 16, while he's being taken up, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, not you all, he that believeth, and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned, and, and the conjunction, and these signs shall follow, not you, them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly things, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And that was the last words that Jesus said on this earth. The last words that mortals ever heard that fell from his lips. In the ascension, he commissioned them to heal the sick and cast out devils. That's right. They said that would be the sign that the gospel was being preached. Now, I want to lay it before you, friends. Where's the gospel being preached at? Where's it at? Jesus said, I said to a fine church, not long ago, I was having a little meeting. I said, how many believe? Oh, there's three or four hundred people there. I said, how many believe that these words are true? Jesus said, go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. How many believe that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved? Hold up your hand. Everybody held up their hands. Like you would here, everyone. How many believe that? Raise your hand. I'll try it in this audience. All right. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Is that right? Now, I said, do you all believe that's binding? Sure. I said, then he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly things. Lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. I said, how many of you believe that? There were no hands went up. <laughs> See? Or just to stay as long as not putting anything, as long as they sit back and do anything they wish to and go ahead and belong to the church, why, well, it's all right. But when it comes to the showdown, and it's different. Not long ago, a certain religious man who has a wonderful broadcast internationally, I was in a big city here in America and I was holding a meeting. And uh, they had a little place, and the people were really hungry. They were hungry. You can't feed people unless they're hungry. Uh, you couldn't talk. You, if a man had just sat down and eat a nice, great big steak or something, was so filled up, he had to leave his pie and ice cream set on the table. Yeah, I couldn't interest him talking to him about any, anything to eat. He doesn't want it. That's what's the matter with America today. They don't want it. They're not hungry enough. Isn't that right? They're, they're to be entertained, the pleasure-mad people. They just want comfort and luxury and things like that and don't know the judgment slipping right up on them all the time. They fail to see that. But they don't want it. Oh, they like philosophy and somebody who can get on the radio and crack a few jokes smutty and something like that and they'll turn on radios and get their televisions and sit home and let the church set empty. That's what's in their heart. That's what, makes, that's what does it. The devil knows how to get his program in. He taught all you holiness people, well, uh, you shouldn't go to picture shows. You taught your children that year not long ago. 
But the devil put one over on you and brought the picture show in your house. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's all right. See, he has, you know, he used to say that the devil went out of fashion, but he didn't go out of business. <laughs> so he's still in business, and he's just so much shrewder now than he used to be. And the ways that people get shrewd, he does too, and he just slips it right in. See, brother, I tell you, if you ever slip for cover, you do it now. And that's right. You get under the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a disgrace. How that all such things as we have in our world in its condition today is 80% of it come right out of Hollywood. And yet, that's the example of the world. That's where the pace is set for all the modern world, is out of Hollywood. Now, I don't say everything in Hollywood's polluted. I had some man at my house here not long ago, the Westminster Film Company. He's make, come up there to make a picture, asked me for a minute if they could do it and come to the meeting. They'd put it on the screen, called the 20th Century Prophet. And they're going into Palestine to set up the meeting over there. And those fellows that I met, there's a group that made this picture, Samson, Delilah, and so forth. And they were everyone. First thing they did when they walked in, before they asked me the question, they said, can we kneel and have prayer? A group of gentlemen. I asked the question. I said, and you all from Hollywood? Yes, sir. They introduced herself. I said, well, what's your, what's your business? The house is full of people he prayed for. He said, Reverend Brown, we, we just come to ask you, and they've been to present their, their problem and what they wanted. They had all them trucks and lights and things like scared my wife to death to see all that stuff coming up out there like that. They come in and wanted to paint them all up. My wife never wore makeup in her life. <laughs> she didn't want none of that stuff. So, uh, so I said, well, Shoot the pictures if you want to. It doesn't matter to me. She said, what about the remunerations? I said, turn it into foreign missions, every bit of it, and give it to missionaries to go overseas or something with. For myself, I don't want none of it. I said, I wouldn't have it. Now, the thing, it is, uh, everywhere you go, you're going to find good and bad. I don't care where you go, you're going to find it. You can go down and, I guess, in the roadhouses or wherever you want to go, you'll find good and bad. But the thing of it is, is they're fallen, every man, we don't want to see no one lost, but they're fallen, and they won't stand still to listen to the grace of God that can lift them up. Because, you know where it started from, friends? I'm my minister, brothers. You all excuse this expression. I don't mean it to you. But what got the nation in the place it is today, it started from the pulpit. They let down the bars. They used to have an old Methodist preacher used to come, old brother Kelly and sister Kelly, they used to sing a little song, we let down the bars, we let down the bars, we compromised with sin, we let down the bars, the sheep got out, but how did the goats get in? Now, you let down the bars, that's how the goats got in, exactly. You begin to take in anything in the church that was well-dressed and could pay good in the church, and you take them in, put them on the church book. You let the women begin to strip themselves and pattern after Hollywood and chop off their hair and put manicure on their face or whatever what that stuff is and, and dot them face all up and everything like that and then still call themselves Christians and live right along. And old John Smith, when he preached his last sermon, he preached a very short sermon, four hours. He's 89 years old. He had to pack him and set him in a chair. He said, the very idea, the daughters of the Methodist church has polluted themselves to even wear rings on their fingers. What would he say today to see the choir members in shorts? That's right. Listen, my sisters, I'm not to tell you what to do. 
I'm only saying this. You get right with God, God will take care of the rest of it. I remember not long ago when uh, women first began to smoke cigarettes. It was a terrible thing. I'm not here to preach the morals of these things. These ministers are to do that. But you want me to tell you something? I think that's the littlest thing a woman can do. Right. You know what that does? I get a statistic from the government that shows that mothers, these young mothers, and you mothers here has got young girls. Teach them. While they claim that women, now they've already taken this proofs and things, and you see it in the Reader's Digest and everywhere, uh, cancer of the carton, that I believe it's about 98 or 99 percent of throat and lung cancer is caused by cigarette smoking. That's right. And a woman who smokes cigarettes and gives birth to a child will either have to put it on cow's milk, for if it nurses from her, it'll take the nicotine from her own bloodstream here, or from her life, and the baby average won't live 18 months from nicotine poison. Talk about fifth columnists. <laughs> we legalize it right here in America. A few moments before we went for dinner, I believe, or something, I heard a radio broadcast come in. That I forget how many million, five hundred thousand cigarette firms there was in America. How many they sell a day? Give me the money and Palm Beach is spent for cigarettes in one day and I'll send missionaries all over the world for a year. In this little city. Figure it up how many there is. How about whiskey, beer, and everything like that? Then you talk about time. That's where it's at. Well, God, forgive me. I don't mean to get on that point. Let these brothers do that. Back to the gospel. That's the gospel, too. That's right. The shame we let out on that. It's so too bad. And it started from the pulpit. See, I'm not condemning you. I'm condemning these up here. <laughs> let it start from the pulpit. See what they do. And he just keeps gradually coming in, gradually coming in. He just soothes right around until he gets into it. He's got them. So, how many remembers a long time ago when the old women used to dress decently and wear clothes that looked natural and Look like ladies. You remember that? You can't tell them apart now. I got on a bus here not long ago with a woman. I didn't know she was a woman. I sat down there. I was, I was a game warden. It was during the time of the war. She had on a pair of coveralls, electric welder's cap, cigarette in the side of her mouth. And I was sitting there my arm laying over on her like this with so many of us packed in the bus. She was cussing like a sailor. And she, and she was cussing like a man and everything. And, um, I kept looking at the cigarette. I seen her, she kept going on like that, and she said, Oh dear. I thought, wonder if it could be a woman. And I looked at her again, and I, I said, uh, Sir, where are you working? She said, I'm working at the boat yard. I said, Yes, sir. She said, I'm not a sir. I said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I said, You couldn't tell it by looking. And she said, Just so that like just dress like a man and you know the Bible says that a woman will put on a garment looks like a man's is an abomination to God you know the, the scripture says that it's the truth and look young ladies if you just leave all that there stuff off you'll look a lot prettier that's right just take a little James 5.14 mix it a little John 3.16 and Add it all together and stir it up. That's the best makeup you'll ever have. Is that right? It's true. Let me tell you something, young ladies, as you're coming up. If your mother does it, shame her. But look, 
There was only one woman in the whole Bible that ever painted herself. And you don't paint yourself to see God. You paint yourself to come before man. I can prove of the Bible that any woman that'll bob her hair has a legal right in the sight of God for her husband to divorce her. Hair, that's the scripture. Now, if you don't believe it, lay the question up here tomorrow night and I'll show you. That's right. That's right. But what do we do? The Bible says it's a common sinful thing for a woman to pray with her hair cut. Sure. That's right. And yet we, you put all this makeup on. But what does it do, friends? There's only one woman done that. You know what God did to her? He fed her to the dogs. So if you see a woman wearing that, say, I do miss dog meat. That's exactly what she was. God fed her to the dogs. Jessie Bell, you know you don't want to be of her daughters, but I don't blame it on you. It's because it's tradition. It's handed right down, and it's a disgrace. Now, them things was permitted from the pulpit. No wonder you can't teach divine healing and things like that. Isn't that right? No wonder you can't. It's a pity. True. No wonder they just... God wanted love. God wanted holiness, love, cooperation. But today we sectarian ourselves. Oh, my church don't believe in this. Mine does this. Mine does that. You're not going to go a young lady in our city. We had a young lady up there at the tabernacle. She was kind of old-fashioned looking, I guess. She combed her hair right back so slick that her face shined. She was a lady. And so there's another young lady that belonged to a very prominent church. And, brother, she was pretty wild. And she went out to dances and carried on all the time. And she used to meet this little lady who was up at the, come up there at church. And she said, you know what's the matter with you? Said, it's that crazy preacher you got up there. That's what it is. Said, he believes in all that stuff. Said, I wouldn't pay no attention to that. She said, it's not my preacher. It's my Lord. It's him. He tells me not to do it. And she said, well, you're just, said, he's just narrow-minded. That's all there is to it. Said, there, and he, she said, you mean my Lord is narrow-minded? She said, no matter what my preacher would say, she says, my Lord in my heart tells me that women should dress in modest apparel. And she said, and this girl made fun of her, and at school she'd always make fun of her. So she was, this young lady from the other church, become a very prominent girl in her church. Frankly, she'd become a Sunday school teacher. And it happened to be that my cousin's girl was, went to this Sunday school. What they had of a morning was what the date was the night before and so forth. Fifteen minutes of time, they had to get out. So the girl went out with a boy that carried a little flask in his pocket. The first thing you know, she got to running out, and she got sick. The doctors got to it too late. Mr. Perkins, which works for the Coots Funeral Company, is a good friend of mine. He works for the Vissing Motor Company in Jeffersonville. Now, he did work then for the Coots Undertaker. He was an embalmer. This girl got real sick. They called the doctor, and the doctor could do nothing for her. She had a social disease, and it was too far. Nothing could be done. Four plus. Right now. So, well, all of her little class gathered in to see the angels come down and pack her home. Now, this is true. Just go take her home. The angels had come. So they all gathered around singing songs. Her pastor walking up and down the floor outside in a hall with a cigarette and a holder, walking back and forth up and down, waiting for the last minute to come for the girl. And she was already done, had her hair fixed and things for her funeral and everything, was laying there waiting, and death struck her. When death struck her, agony began to come. 
And she forgets that I'm lost. I'm lost instead of angels coming. She was lost. She said, where is that girl from the tabernacle car? Lucille McCartney. I hope her people's not, if she's sitting here, it's all right. Said, where is Lucille McCartney? Get her to me at once. All the girls run, got the pastor. Said, we'll go get the pastor. They run him in there. He come in and said, now, here, here. She said, I'm lost. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. And he said, I'll call the doctor and give you a hypo. He said, you're getting delirious. She said, you deceiver of man. She said, I'm lost and going to hell and you're the cause of it. She said, tell that girl. I said, come here. They sent after Lucille, but she didn't get there. Her girl died. And when they went, Mr. Perkins went to embalm the body, put the tubes in, said he kept pumping fluid, a young lady. And they noticed the fluid. He put a gallon or more. And the fluid kept going away. And come to find out, he opened up the big hole done eating her that big. Syphilitic. She was gone. Now, brother, let me tell you something. I say if the preacher behind the pulpit were to stay with the old-fashioned gospel and God kept the thing straight, we wouldn't have so much of this juvenile delinquency and everything else that we got today and the trouble that we got. God still looks down upon that. And how can you preach divine healing and the power of God when you associate with such as that? You can't do it. Oil and water won't mix. That's right. It's got to be one way or the other. Now, that... Now, I'm not a legalist. I'm not this. I am a legalist. I'm not a legalist. I'm a Christian. That's right, see. Now, I'm not taking sides, but I'm telling what the gospel says. Look, it's too bad that the church has lost her vision of the resurrected power of Jesus Christ, where he said, in the old days when he appeared to him and gave visions and understandings, he does the same thing today. Reminds me of a little case of a very noted man was healed just recently. And how many of you ever heard of Congressman Upshaw's healing? Many of you have in here. Congressman Willie D. Upshaw. It happened in California not long ago. We was having the meeting, and my brother had come and got me. I was late that night. And so he had knocked on the door several times and went back out and got him a malted milk and come back in. He knocked at the door again, and he know I was in prayer. There was something going on. I couldn't get it just like there was a while ago. So then uh, I, I come to the service, walked up, thousands of people were packed in there. We'd been there four or five days. And so they were, I guess as I come to the platform, there was something struck. I looked out across the place. I said, I see, I watch, and you'll see now what's the result. I looked out like that. I said, and God, who is my judge, know that I ever heard of Willie Upshaw in my life. And I said, I see a haystack, and there's a little boy playing on his dress very odd. He fell off, and he struck his back. He's taken to a doctor that's got glasses down like this and a white mustache, but there's nothing can be done. I said, I see the little fellow's taken home. He's growing on. And he gets so bad that they bore holes in the floor. So with the vibration of his walking on the floor, he couldn't stand it. I said, now he becomes a writer or something, and he's uh, doing uh, some kind of a, a work. He's, he, he becomes a great man. Now he's even greater, and he's in a bed that they roll him around in wheelchairs and things. He can stand up, but he's got crutches over his shoulders and down along his side. He has to walk in that manner. And it's left. And just at that time, they just took him off of an airplane or something. 
has just brought it, he's rolling in the door. I said, there's the old man now. Eighty-six years old at that time. And so he heard that. Some of them run one of these little extension mics back to him. I told Howard, I said, what prayer cards did you give out? And he told me, I said, well, call from a certain number like I usually do and line them up. And just then, Mr. Baxter come to me, the manager, and he said, Brother Bram, you know who that was you talked to? And I said, I've seen that vision of him. I said, no, sir. He said, it was Congressman Upshaw. said, he wants to speak to you through this mic. And I said, I don't know him. And so his wife was kneeling down, and she was weeping, and he was too. He said, he said, my son, how did you know that I fell when I was a boy? I said, sir, I don't, only thing I can say is just what I see in the vision. And he said, well, that's just exactly what happened. He said, I'm William Upshaw. And he was a state senator of Georgia and was a congressman 17 years and retired from the congressman of the United States. Been a total invalid for 66 years. An invalid in a wheelchair and crutches and bed and so forth. And he said, I was the president, I believe it was, of the Southern Baptist Convention. Said Dr. Roy E. Davis had ordained you in the Baptist Church. Said to me, said, I have been prayed for hundreds of times. But he was the one who advised me to come over here to have you to intercede to God for me. And he said, I was a, would have been president, and I believe in 1926 or something when he ran, but said, because of my convictions that I did not believe in selling or legalizing whiskey, I stood against it. And said, and if I had to run over today, I'd still stand against it. So the Democratic Party would have elected me if I'd only run it and said that I would have been um, against probation. And said, I, I took my stand against whiskey because my conviction as a Christian man, he said, I'm against it. I said, God bless you, sir. And he said, my boy, will I ever be healed? And I said, I cannot tell you, my brother. I said, the only thing I know, he was sitting twice the distance of this building like this back in the congregation yet. And wheelchairs plastered in there everywhere. And I said, I could not tell you, sir. I do not know. I can only say what I see. He said, well, and his wife said, oh, if God will be merciful. I said, he is merciful. I said, not will he be, he is. And so I turned like this. I said, well, Howard, bring, that is a lady coming up. So they started bringing her up. So as the lady started, I looked this way. I seen a doctor, a young fellow, looked to be about 25 years old. He had his arms folded. And if there's a doctor present, I don't know what to call it. This thing they put around their head here, it's got a light out here. It looks into the throat. And he had on a little jacket that's up around the throat tight here. And he had his arms folded. He was looking down going... He was discouraged. Now I just kept watching the little doctor, and as the vision materialized down, he had operated on a little colored girl, stuck the tonsils out, and it paralyzed her. She's laying paralyzed. I said, the doctor has operated on a little colored girl, about five or six years old, removed the tonsils, and it's paralyzed her. And about that time, I heard a scream about all the way down along on the right side, way down in that way somewhere in the dust flying. Here come a typical old Aunt Jemima, very big fat woman with colored woman with a stretcher in her hand, an ambulance stretcher, and she had that great big arm out just knocking ushers every way. It was her baby, screaming to the top of her voice. 
Well, the only way they could keep her off the platform was to line up a bunch of ushers here. And she, just, she said, Lord, in mercy, that was my baby, and that's the same kind of man that operated on my baby. And I said, she said, if Parson is my baby going to be healed? I said, Auntie, I don't know. I said, I can't say. only thing I can say is what I see. I said, oh, I can tell you I believed it. Pray for the baby. But to say, is it going? I don't know. I said, surely you uh, just think a poor illiterate colored woman sitting way down in that back row there and almighty God moving the vision out here concerned about her. Could you imagine? God's no respect a person. He'll, do, he'll respect a sincere heart. I don't care where it's at. That's right. And here she was standing there. She's just carrying on there and the usher's trying to quieten her. So the first lady come on up and as I, I hadn't even got to her case to talk to her yet, and I felt something move me again, and I looked out and right over the audience like this come like a dark streak. Now I began to watch that streak, and it materialized into a road or a street or something, and down the street went that little colored girl with a doll on her arm rocking that doll. Brother, that was it. I knew it. <laughs> All devils out of hell couldn't stop it then. No, God's done said so. That settles it. I knew what was going to happen. So I thought, oh, praise the Lord. I told this lady, I said, excuse me. I said, Auntie, you're a Christian, no doubt. She said, I've been raised from a baby to be a Christian, she said. She said, Lord, my baby. I said, now, stand up just a minute. I said, do not weep. I said, Jesus Christ has heard your prayer, and he's healed your baby. And she said, is my baby going to get well? I said, it is well. And she said, you mean my... And the little girl said, Mommy, looky here. And she jumped up there, and that poor old thing, and women fainted sitting around there, and she jumped up, and that little girl got her by the hand, and down through the... Made him kept quiet. And down through the audience they went, holding one another's hands, praising God, walking out the door. <clears throat> I stood still, watching. People crying. And she went out the door... I started turning to the woman. I looked going down across the audience, and here went that old congressman. Now, he was dressed with a blue suit and a red tie which if any of you knew him, that was his very way he liked to dress. But this time, he had on a brown suit, light brown, with a white stripe in it. And he had on one of these hats like I wear. Frankly, he's the one who sends them to me. But, so he um, had uh, one of those hats on, southern hat, little Epson. And um, he was going along, tipping his hat with his very... Southern hospitality, you know, tipping his hat very gentleman-like, going down the street like that, walking down over the people. I knew God had done it. I, I, when that takes place, brother, there's just like having this meeting in India and what's going to take place in, in Africa, there is nothing in the world could rub that from me. I know it's going to be. When God says so, it's never failed and it can't fail. It's God. That's not faith. That's just acting out what he said to do. I know that that man was healed. I looked again, I thought, now's the time. And I said, Congressman? He said, yes, my son. And I said, I would like to ask you a question. He said, yes, sir. I said, do you own a brown pinstripe suit? He said, yes, sir, my son. I bought one day before yesterday. I said, well, my brother in Christ, Though you have laid 66 years on crutches, wheelchairs, and beds, and rushed up and believed in healing all your life, that's right, I said, but 
and stood for pro- against the evil, refused to become president because you chose the right thing, God has honored you. And Jesus Christ has healed you. He said, God be praised, my boy. He said, if Jesus Christ will ever let me walk without crutches and things again, so I'll, I'll spend the rest of my days, which is very few I know left, I'll spend them for his glory. I said, Congressman, I felt myself fainting and done got me. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up to your feet, God's healed you. And that man who had been in England for 66 years, the congressman of the United States, rose to his feet, rushed to the platform, reached down, touched his toes, raised back up, and was perfectly normal as long as he lived. That's right. Went to see Churchill, visit him, stood in time of Billy Graham's meeting up there on the White House steps and sang before those congressmen, leaning on the everlasting arm. God, the man lived so long, he went over years after that. That's been about four years ago. Brother Bosworth has been with him. We've been in the meetings. He crossed back across the country. I took my own love offering him anything for it and helped him to buy a car. He went across the country testifying from school to places everywhere of the power of the living God. Looked like if God would have wanted to heal him, he would have healed him when he was a young man and his bones were all flexible, soft. Looked like he wouldn't have waited until his bones was old and brittle and his back broke just like President Roosevelt. But that man who had been an invalid for 66 years in wheelchairs and rolling bed and could walk with the support of crutches to his back, rose to his feet in one moment's time and was made perfectly whole by the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. He was acquainted with nearly all the kings and potentates of the nation, known him by being a congressman. He even come and had me to sign my name to a letter that went to Joe Stalling. That's right. And spoke to him and told him of his healing, of how God had healed him. And told him if he would come this side of the Iron Curtain, he'd prove it to him. <laughs> he was quite a sense of humor, the congressman was. So my Christian friend, I say this tonight, I'm not an old man, yet I'm not a boy. But if I had a life, and God would come down and say, would you forfeit this Christian experience that you have of my redeeming and resurrected healing power? And your brother tonight standing here was once the blind man. I was led around by the arms like that with great big thick glasses on and with so much stigmatism until my whole head would shake like this it would take me sometimes an hour for the barber to cut my hair. And one moment's time, the loving grace of Jesus Christ moved those great thick glasses from me and I could read newspaper print five feet away from me. And today, a few weeks ago, uh, no, it's been about a year ago now, I went to Louisville to a very fine specialist who was going to grind me some glasses for sunglasses to, in Africa and different places. I was going to British Columbia on the snow banks there on a hunting trip on, after I'd come from Africa. And a little doctor friend of mine who lives door neighbors to me, Dr. Samadair, said that 
He thought maybe if Vince says you're 40 years old, Billy, your eyes are just actually getting bad. That's the reason I wear any kind of glass that makes me sick. I said, no, it's the color. He said, go get your eyes examined. And he sent me over to this specialist. That was the will of God. The man now wants to go to Africa with me and perform operations of cataracts six months free of charge for the natives. He's a Christian man. See how God works? Sure. And when they ex- examine my eyes, here's what he said. My eyes, 20-20, is good. He tried it on from 20-20 to 15-15 and then down to 10-10, and my eyes are 10-10. I sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Now, of these type of testimonies, God, who is my judge, would know this, and I say it, and if I, if I am exaggerating, God forgive me. I believe that I could stand here if it was possible enough, and for the next 500 hours, give testimony of things that I know that our Lord has did, and it wouldn't cover it. Of things above the thousands that volumes of books wouldn't put it in detail of what our Lord Jesus has did, and I've seen him do myself. It's, friends, it's just been hundreds times, hundreds times, hundreds of everything. You say, why didn't I hear it? Why didn't I know something about it? That's the same thing that many Jews thought after Jesus was crucified, or so forth. Many of them say, why didn't I? Why didn't I? It's your privilege now to believe it now and to accept it. This is your day. You might think, Brother Branham, are you... I'm not saying because I'm holding this meeting here. I'm not holding it. God is. <laughs> if, if he would speak to me tonight and say, go somewhere else, I'd be on the road right now. Well, that I never... If that isn't me, I couldn't do it. It's him. I feel that... This place needs the gospel of Jesus Christ and his power. It's true. Tonight, I know places is calling that right here where you've got as many as 15,000 people that can be in the first night we gather in. That's right, 15,000 people. I know places where at least 150,000 will be gathered at the first time. That's right. But it it isn't crowds that I'm thinking about. The gospel must be preached in this city and that city and to all the world for a witness. Then the Lord shall come. Not theology must be preached, but the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost must be demonstrated in all the world for a witness. Then the time shall come. God bless you. It's your hour. Receive ye him. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, be thy name. Father, we pray thee tonight that in our little bark of humility here, we, we pray that somehow, knowing that we're unworthy, but that you will anoint tonight. For you have no hands but ours, no lips but ours. Our eyes are yours. We are the branches to the vine. Oh, Father, we pray that you'll push forth tonight through the vine, through the branches, and bear fruit. Grant it, Lord. And we stand humbly and submissive to your divine will. Down north, about Mr. Upshaw, which... All the rest of his years he walked perfectly, walking, leaping, jumping like a young boy. And now tonight, way 
in the old age, you took him home, nearly a hundred, and now he's in your kingdom tonight, a young man rejoicing with the great host of the heavenly beings. We thank thee for it. And we pray now tonight, Lord, as we're the ones who's left to yet speak this gospel while we're living in the daylight is shining. God grant that the great lights of heaven will be turned on to every soul in here tonight. The great signs and wonders might be done. And now you who raised up your son Jesus, you as the one who brought him here on earth for overshadowing a virgin, brought forth this marvelous Jesus. And when he was here on earth, he was a humble man who walked around as a carpenter. He was despised of the church world, but yet you were with him. And he said, I don't do nothing. What the Father shows me to do, that I do. And he was submissive to you and give glory to you. And what you showed him, he did. And now, Father, when he went away, he made a promise and said, These things that I do shall you also. And I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. And, Father, I'm declaring to this audience here in West Palm Beach, Florida tonight, that you raised up your son from the dead, and his spirit is working in his church tonight, trying to find an outlet through some heart to make the sick well, the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the sinner to re refuse to sin anymore and to accept Christ as his Savior and be filled with the Spirit of God and be set out on the field to do work likewise. Confirm thy word now, Lord, with signs following. While we ask that in Jesus' name, thy beloved Son, amen. I believe you're... Was that a... All right, they gave out the prayer cards today, and Billy told me a while ago that it was prayer card A he gave out. Let about the first 10 or 15 line up over here to the right to be prayed for. All right, while the rest of us sing, only believe. Turn your little card over, it'll, it'll have your name and address, and on the back of it, it's got a letter A, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I believe each night we've been getting to about 15. If you'll notice, friends, look, they're always criticizing not getting to as many. Go to some meeting and see how there's about 15 or more here in this line, maybe 15 or 20 out there in that line. Find out anybody who prays for the sick who gets to more than 30 or 40 of a night and the rest of them just goes through laying on their hands just as fast as they can. That's all the time you have. Can't do it no more. That's right. But look, what I'm trying to get you at is not to have faith in somebody's hands, but to have faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. You believe it? And have faith in God. All right. Let's sing only believe now, real reverent, while we all sing. Come on now. Give us a word. Only be oh, 
that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is here to heal and make well. Do you believe it? That's right. I like to hear that word, amen. Amen means so be it. And that's what we want. All right, Billy, here's your... Oh, that's okay. That's right. this, this is the patient. Now, lady, if there was any way in the world of healing you, God knows I would do it. I would be glad to do it. But I couldn't heal you. You know that. And how many in here is aware that I couldn't heal the woman? Well, certainly not. I cannot do what Jesus Christ has already did, can I? Now, her healing is already complete. Jesus healed her long years ago when he died. But now something has to happen to get her to accept her healing. Is that right? Something to make her accept her healing. All right? Now, I want you to look this away, sister, and believe with all your heart if you believe me to be God's servant. Now, the reason I say that is this. Is a, Just a moment. Is it an important message? Uh, they, the reason that I say this, and I want the audience before the anointing strikes me, I want them to know this. The reason that you hear me say sometimes, get the people say, uh, believe me, see? Now, the reason I say that is not believe me as him, certainly not, certainly. It's to believe that I have told you the truth that he sent me to do this. Now, see, when that angel met me, he said, if you can get the people to believe you, see? If you get the people to... Peter and John passed through the gate called Beautiful. said, look on us. Is that right? And Elijah, when the, all of them come down there and got him kind of all stirred up, he said, if it wasn't I respected this righteous man, Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. See? How many knows that you can, you could send your soul to hell with a divine gift? Sure you can. You have to watch what you're doing. How many believe Moses was God's prophet? Say amen. He was God's prophet. But you know what he done? God told him to go down there and speak to the rock. The rock is already smitten. Is that right? Instead of Moses doing what God told him to do, he went out and smote the rock again. Is that right? Well, that absolutely broke the entire scripture right in two, right there. Christ wasn't smitten twice. He's smitten once. We just speak to him from now on. Is that right? But when Moses smote the rock, that broke God's complete program, and it was, he'd done exactly what God told him not to do. See? But he could do it anyhow, whether it was God's will or not. That seems strange, doesn't it? But it wasn't God's will, but he was a prophet. He could do whatever he wished and what his power would permit him to do. But what did God do then? He dealt with Moses and kept him from going over in the promised land. Is that right? Tuck him up on the hill and said, here it is. Let him look to the promised land, pass him out. Let the angels come take him away and bury him. You have to watch. Look at Elijah. That young prophet was bald-headed, and them little children teasing me about being bald-headed. said, thou bald-headed, thou bald-headed. You know what he said? That prophet turned around and put, cursed those children. He said, cursed be ye, I suppose, in the name of the Lord. And before those little children returned into the city, two she-bears killed 42 of them little innocent children. Is that scripture? Poor little innocent children, but an angered prophet. Better be careful what you're doing. That's right. So that's the way it is here. I want to see what you're doing before you put a curse at disease. What if God had put something on a person? 
or permitted Satan to do it, and here I come around with a divine gift and take it off before God's will is accomplished, then God will deal with me. You have to be careful. Now I want you to know is to look at the person and tell them to look. I'm only asking them so I can attract their attention. See? Look at me. Believe me. Do this because I'm representing God to you. Now, I want you to do that. Like the woman at the well, Jesus said, bring me a drink and got to talking to her. But the same way I do you is just see what God will say. Until his spirit comes, I'm just as your husband would be or anyone else. I have nothing at all that I can do. There's nothing that I could say or anything. I just, I just have to let him do it. We're strangers to one another. And I don't know him. But God knows you. He knows you. And I know you're a Christian. Because if you wasn't, it would be turning dark around you. But instead it's light. But say, you've just been healed. You was healed. You've been healed in this meeting. Arthritis or something had you. You was healed. But I, I see someone away. It's, you, you received a letter from somebody. Isn't that right? And that letter was from Indiana, my home state. And it was about a woman, a, a friend of yours who has a... It's a woman that's got a heart trouble. And she's got something to do about church or something. No, it's a preacher's wife. That's what it is. It's a preacher's wife. Isn't that true? And that woman has been in my meeting. I see crowded, but she couldn't obtain a prayer card. And she's wrote to you to give you to come and stand for her. Amen. That true? And you have some other weary on your mind now. Just a minute. Yes, it's, a, it's about a, a, a child or a daughter, a daughter school girl that's got some kind of a, 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 a intestinal bowel trouble or something. She's a nervous, upset person. It spasms in the bowels is what they're doing. It's going to get all right. It's going to be all right. Lord, in who dwells the power of vision, you alone can do these things. And I believe tonight this is a very Christian act. This woman standing for her friend. You stood for all of us as a friend. God grant the request, will you please? Across the country, wherever the woman is, I curse that disease of her body in the name of Jesus Christ and ask that they, her loved ones and friends that she's standing for will be made well and may the power of God that knows in every part of the world and can be it everywhere at any time, I pray that it will be confirmed to those people this very hour in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, sister, I have prayed the prayer of faith, and with all my heart, when I was praying, it turned real bright, and I believe you're going to receive just what you asked for. God be with you. Let's say thanks be to God. Now, that's it. I want you to worship God. I don't want you just so you have to hold your peace and everything. I want you to be reverent when vision, because if you don't, it moves around. But who can deny the existence of Jesus Christ? And now as God's servant takes the jurisdiction over every spirit. Nothing, nothing 
and the power of faith could stand in his presence. And every one of you people sitting out there in the audience is sick. I give a solemn challenge by the command of the Lord Jesus Christ for you to believe on his name and he'll heal every one of you. That's right. If I speak to myself, I'd be a liar. I speak of Jesus Christ. He's truth. If I bear witness to myself, I bear wrong. But I don't bear witness. God bears witness to me that I've told the truth. And I'm telling you the truth that Jesus Christ healed every one of you. And every one of you right now, if you've got unforgiven sin, you confess it and make it right. And God will heal you. But he can't heal you with unforgiven sin. Satan still has a jurisdiction over you. Now, take my word. I'm telling you the truth, and God's bearing record that it's the truth. Now, you out there that hasn't got any prayer cards, I want you to start praying. What you believe with all your heart. While I'm speaking here on the platform, how do you do, sister? Seem to be a very kind little person. You believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? As raised from the dead, living in his church? I believe that. And I believe that you believe it. You, you've got some kind of a blood condition. The blood is clogged on the... God will grant it to you. God bless you. Bow your head. God, who sends your power... You said, these signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. And this poor woman standing here tonight, knowing that any second could be stroked, her doctor knows the same. But thou, O God, has brought redeeming power, and I claim a, a divine gift ministered to me by an angel sent from God and I now ask this blood clot to be dissolved in the name of Jesus Christ may it leave her and may the doctor not have to operate I ask this in Jesus Christ's name believing it down through the power of God through my body comes his power to make this woman whole through Jesus Christ's name Amen God bless you, sister. Go in the peace of God upon you. Your reverend. My, if I can only weed them critics. <laughs> you harm me. I got a good notion calling your name. <laughs> Don't do that. You're hindering God. God will smite you with something as sure as I'm standing on the platform. You're hindering others. All right, sister, look this way. I don't mean to be upset. You believe me to be his prophet? You uh, had some kind of trouble at You've had a, a kidney trouble. You've had a, an operation. 
and they, they, I believe I see him take that kidney away. You, you, they, in the operation, they moved one kidney, didn't they? Hmm? You have uh, also something in here, right along. It uh, causes sickness and colic, like, and you spit up uh, a gallbladder trouble. That's, is that right? Stand over this way just a moment. There's some contact with you and that little girl standing there. That's your child, isn't it? <laughs> right? All right. Go on your road. God be with you and bless you and heal you. Let's say thanks be to God. Sister, you believe me? Little boy, you suffer with something wrong with your eyes, isn't it? The little boy, I see drops of blood flying fast. He's a bleeder. Isn't that right? Lay your hand over on him. Almighty God, who raised up Jesus from the dead, who stood on this earth here as a man, dressed like a man, looked out in the audience and know just exactly what they were doing, what they were thinking about. He raised from the dead, living among man tonight. God, heal them. I pray this blessing and send it in the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Receive your healing, sister, both you and your baby. Trouble is 
than in your bowels. I see you've had a, some kind of an operation or a lance, an abscess. A doctor lanced it. And I see him looking around. He wants to operate. But you have prayed and believed. I see you got some trouble at your home, too. you got a wife that's something wrong in her back. It's a slip vertebrae. Is that right? And I see a younger woman that's got the swelling somehow. It's your daughter. It's your daughter-in-law. Is that right? And don't she belong to the Church of God? Go home, brother. God has visited you. And God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can call me fanatic if you want to, but how can you hold your peace when the great God who created the heavens and earth and holds our souls in His hands in our presence? We're in His presence now, working. If there be one among you who is a prophet, I will reveal myself in vision. If what He says comes to pass, then hear Him. Now, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is in the building now, the resurrected Lord Jesus, to heal every person, save every person, fill everyone with the Holy Spirit, give any redemptive blessing that he died for Calvary. Amen. How do you do? Excuse me, I just want to talk to you a minute. God bless your heart, brother. You'd sure like to see her get well, wouldn't you? You believe she will? You, I'm talking to. You don't have any prayer card for her, do you? Didn't get a prayer card. You believe me to be God's prophet? If God don't heal her, she can't stay here long. It's heart trouble. She's very bad. Isn't that right? I see it moving. It's flutter jumping like that. But God can heal her. You, you believe it with all your heart now. Won't you lay your hand over on her there? Lay your hand yourself on her head. God, be merciful. Don't let her die, Lord. I plead this blessing for our sister who sits semi-conscious, death beating at the door. Father, at this time, I don't know what you've said to do. I just know what's wrong with her. And I'm interceding for her in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll spare her. Amen. God bless you, brother. God, the humelum rawhide. You believe? With all your heart? About your baby here, for one thing. She's mighty sweet. I've got a little one at home like that tonight, about that age. Do you believe that God can reveal to me that baby? you believe that God will hear my prayer? And uh, if Jesus was here on earth in a body of flesh, you'd go to him. Certainly you would. You'd take your baby there. Well, then, of course, he's, he's, his body has been received up into heaven, but his spirit's here, and we are his body now. That's the reason you brought her to me. Now, if he is in me, as I claim he is by the Holy Spirit, working through a divine gift, that's the outlet. 
then he can speak through me and tell me what's wrong with that baby. Is that right? And if he will, then you'll accept the healing of the baby through Jesus. The baby suffers with a stomach trouble. Is that right? It's a over secretions of acid and his kidneys bothers it, isn't that right? It's caused from a nervous condition. And you're also, it inherited it from you. And you're a nervous person. And you have a, a, a female disorder, which is an abscess, and it's on the left-hand side, and it causes a drainage. Is that right? All right. You believe me to be his prophet? Give me your baby. Satan, you who bound this child, I as God's servant heal it from this condition. In the name of Jesus Christ, I do this under the authority of Almighty God who sent his Son who promised it. Amen. Lord, I lay hands upon this, my sister, to heal her of this condition. Not my hands, but representing yours. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I curse the disease. And Satan, you're exposed. Come out of her. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Take your baby and go home now. You're going to be all right. God bless you. Oh, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you believe me to be his servant, lady? God will let you then, lady. You believe it? You have throat trouble sitting out there next to her also. You accept your healing? God bless you. Kind of struck you for a little bit, didn't it? But it's, it's finished. God bless you. Oh, God is so merciful. now. You're diabetic. You believe Christ is going to heal you? Certainly you will. He's your blood transfusion to Calvary. This is not your home. You come from up north. You got a husband in a hospital who's got heart trouble. Isn't that right? I want you to go lay hands on him, too, that he'll be well in the name of Jesus Christ. Have faith in God. If thou canst believe, are you believing, everyone? Are you of one accord? You believe that the Holy Spirit's now going to do this for each one of you? All right, come, sir. Heart trouble and arthritis, but God's made you well. Go ahead off the platform. Say thanks be to God. Man is quite, but he had a solemn faith. You believe he's going to make every one of you well?
It just looks like if someone says, all right, lady, come. The kidney trouble lets you while you're standing down there in the line a while ago. You You want to be healed of that gallbladder trouble, lady, sitting back there on the... Yeah, you turned your head and looked back. Stand up to your feet and say, I accept my healing and get well. God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. You believe, sir? That's several things wrong with you. Kind of complicated. You've been a little hard of hearing, too. But you're not no more. Yeah, I'll show you. You hear me? Yes, sir. You hear me? Yes, sir. When you're sitting right there, you just had a real funny feeling come over you, wasn't it? That's when you were healed. Yes, sir. Heal too. God bless you. Yes, sir. We're out the platform rejoicing, thanking God. Come. You as a little girl that your mother or something that I seen your mother or somebody a while ago. Is that right? You won't look it, but you're anemia. Is that right? But Jesus is going to make you well now. You believe that? I would like to bless you in his name. Come here. Lord Jesus, you said, whatsoever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. That was your words, Lord. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I'll loose this girl of this blood condition. Amen. Go, sister. Now, you're going to get well. Now, I want you to always remember that, honey. You may have a tussle later on in life. But I want you to remember, when you go to school and wherever you go, testify of God's glory. God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. If you believe you that, you could even you could even see without your glasses and go home and be well. You believe that? All right, God bless you and Jesus Christ make you well. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. someone pressing to their side. <clears throat> the lady with glasses on looking at me sitting right there at the corner of that post. You suffer with gallbladder trouble, isn't it, sister, sitting out there? Believe with all your heart, you can get well right now and go home and never be bothered no more with it at all. God bless you. Come, sir. The reason it was acting on her in that way is because of you. You have a stomach trouble, you see, and a whole lot of that is caused from a gall disorder that you don't know the doctor throws the stomach into a spasm. You're healed. Go home and eat. God bless you. You're a good believer. Let's say thanks be to God. Have faith. Don't doubt. I believe every person in here can be healed right now. Well, I know you're healed. You believe you're healed before you come? You won't have no more arthritis than it's going off the platform. Rejoice and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Be well. Let's say praise the Lord. All right. All right, come with me. You believe, lady, with all your heart? Why don't you put your hand on my shoulder? You know, get over that diabetes and be made well and go home. You do? Just go right ahead around this way and just say, thank the Lord. How many of you want to be well? Raise your hand and say, I want to be well. Now, while you got your hands up, lay them over on one another. 
That's what I wanted you to do. Put your hand over on the little girl. I don't know why. I'm going to see the chief. But I see a lady with a green-looking dress on. Uh, the Spirit of God is around the woman. Yes. She turned her head. She has her hands up like this. Yes. I don't know if something's taking place. A woman is in deep sincerity. A child is. No, darling, this is in life. Oh God, our Father, whose presence we are now permitted to be in, we are indebted to Thee, O oh God. We are unworthy of being able to stand in this day of evil. All the world is falling to pieces, seems like. And this very dark hour, to see our Lord Jesus in his resurrected power manifesting himself through signs and wonders. Merciful Father, if thy servant has found grace in thy sight, I pray thee to be merciful tonight to answer my prayer and that these things that I ask may be brought to pass. Granted, Lord. Thank you.